Welcome to the Filipino American Women Project, a podcast show that shares stories and life lessons told by individuals living or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a fellow Filipino American woman, and I'm excited for you to join us. Let's get started. Hey everyone, before we officially, officially begin with the episode and introduce the amazing lady, Marianne Clark, I want to encourage you all to stick around after this episode. Uh, We ended up having such an amazing conversation that we started talking about other stuff, such as the importance of normalizing mental health talk, uh, the realities of social media, and the benefits of storytelling. So after this episode, I highly encourage you to wait till after the credits for a bonus discussion. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's get started. Hi, everyone. Jen Amos here, your host for the Filipino American Woman Project. And I am super excited. I was already having a wonderful conversation with this woman. Uh, She is a Christ follower, a mom of five, and a mental health advocate for the Filipino community. Marianne Clark, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I'm like totally fangirling. It's really, it's. Uh, I'm the same too. (laughs) We're just going to be fangirling like the entire time we're having this interview. I'm sorry, say that again. I said, we're going to totally fangirl the entire time. I'm so excited. I'm. I, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the pleasure is mine. Trust me. I Let me tell you. So um, for anyone that's listening to the show for the first time, um, we actually started this on Facebook Live back in December 2016. And part of my fear at the time was that women, like Filipino American women, were not going to want to share their stories. I had I had numerous women say like, oh, I'm not ready yet. Oh, it's not my time yet. Or, oh, I don't have an interesting story. And so I really had to, you know, go in the community and find people who wanted to do it, not because they didn't, not because they felt like inadequate, but because they were doing it for everyone else that, you know, even though they thought their story was ordinary, they had no idea that if they, if they just shared, someone else might find it extraordinary. So uh, Marianne, I just want to thank you for um, coming forward and taking the initiative to be on the show, because I, I do believe that, you know, we may think we're ordinary, but I think whoever is going to be listening is going to think, wow, like she is amazing. Amazing. I mean, a mom of five. You t- are you kidding me? <laughs> So. <laughs> You're so sweet. I, I I'm learning how to take compliments with grace. So I appreciate your compliment. Um, you know, as Filipinos, we say, "Oh no, that's okay." But I'm learning how to say, "Thank you so much." I do appreciate that. Um, you know, it's. I wanted to share my story, and my initial reason for doing that was because I could not find a blog specifically towards moms, specifically Mm. towards Filipinas who are struggling. And um, after some major life events last year um, with just our, you know, our our extended family, I just said, you know what, I'm going to do it because if I couldn't find it, I'm sure somebody else is looking for it and I might Mm -hmm. as well do it. So, you know, my, my story isn't extraordinary like you said but I feel like my experiences may help somebody else and 
if that's my life purpose and that's what God wants me to do, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for it because I feel like, I feel like I'm doing what he's asking, if that makes any sense. Yes. And prior to, before we started this recording, um, yeah, I, I completely agree is we don't realize what we're doing, um, how impactful it can be to other people. But even, even if um, that's not the case, you know, like having, you know, having our heavenly father, like using us as a living sacrifice, I think is, is more than enough, you know, and, and I'm sure he's, he's very pleased that you, you know, you went beyond yourself and saw, you know, you, you didn't stop yourself. Um, because of whatever insecurities or whatever mental blocks you had, you decide like, you know what, I'm going to do this because this is where he's telling me to go and I'm going to trust him. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've learned in my walk with Christ that, um, if I don't listen, he's going to keep telling me and then it starts <laughs> to get real annoying. And then it gets to a point where I'm like, because I'm hard headed, right? I'm a Taurus, yeah. like I'm hard headed. So I always don't want to listen. But once I do listen, I've learned that I am blessed beyond measure just because I was obedient. So being mm -hmm. obedient is something that I'm learning and, and it's an ongoing process. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I really feel at home in helping and serving others. And, you know, we do that in our local community as well. So, you know, I'm, I, I'm good with serving others and helping others in their journey if that makes them better, better versions of themselves. Yes, absolutely. So speaking of which, why don't we talk a little bit about how you're applying that in your life today? Um, and, and before we get to that question, let's let's talk a little bit about your background and what makes you a Filipino-American woman. And then we could talk about what a typical day looks like for you and how you feel like you're, you know, you're serving today. Sure. Um, I am born and raised Bay Area. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so Bay Area. And <laughs> so like hella Bay Area. I always I love it. People, like, I'm so hella Bay Area. It's really funny. Um, Marianne, I, I can't even believe you're a mom of five. I love it. Like, <laughs> I love it. You sound like you're one of my girlfriends my age. I I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I may sound cool, but if you talk to my children, they're going to tell you I'm not. So, but, you know, I've been saying hella since, I don't know, forever. Um, yes. I lived in South Bay. My husband is from Daly City. Like, this is how Filipino we are. When you know that I lived in Milpitas. And he lives in Daly City. So, you know, and we met via a friend mm -hmm. um, on AOL. That's how old we are. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I remember AIM just when it was about to end. So, okay. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. We, that, like, that's, we met through his friend or whatever. Anyway, that's another conversation for another time. <laughs> but born in Maysville area, I'm the oldest of three daughters. Um, my parents um, immigrated to California, I think, in 1963, 1965. So I am first-generation Filipino-American. Um, I am a recent transplant to Arizona. I live mm -hmm. in the East Valley, uh, more specifically Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, mm -hmm. We moved out here about a couple years ago. I mean, and we love it. It's culture is different mm -hmm. um, because now, you know, we, we grew up as not a minority in the Bay Area. It's mm -hmm. very different. 
years. And then we've moved to a more predominantly white LDS community, which is fine because I really do love the community and what they have. Um, but we've also really built a strong foundation with a local church here and we call it our new church home. Oh, good. And I don't know if you, I don't know if I just totally didn't catch this, but what made you move to Arizona? Oh, because the Bay Area is hella expensive. Oh. <laughs> and I have five children, Jen. So I must, you know, I'm, so I've been a, I've been a stay at home mom for years. I know that sounds mm-hmm. really crazy, but I've been a stay at home mom. It was just a priority for us and our family. My husband really has just been the single income. And because mm-hmm. we have five kids who are growing up and need to go to college and probably get married, it mm-hmm. would no, it was important for us to be able to, for our money to spread farther. Mm-hmm. And because of where we lived in the East, in the East Bay, it just didn't seem like that was going to work. So we actually only had a five-year plan where we lived in the East Bay. Mm-hmm. It turned into a 10-year plan. And then the plan really, it didn't even, it we never reached our goals for that plan. So what we decided to do was to look elsewhere and we actually heard God calling us to Arizona a long time ago. It's just, we never listened. Um, <laughs> Love it. We, yeah. We never listened. It go, it go, this goes back to you saying how stubborn you are. <laughs> I'm very stubborn and anybody who knows me knows I'm stubborn, but I'm trying to be better. Um, but I yeah, love that you're self-aware. You're self-aware. I'm very That's self-aware. I'm very, I'm very self-aware. I, I will tell you that I'm a mess 99% of the time. Um, and my kids will tell you that because I forget things all the time. Um, but, you know, and, and here's the thing. The funny thing is once we allowed God to, uh, to work in our lives, I'm going to tell you that. And I'm going to write about this in, my, in the blog also, how God brought a family of seven on a single income with two dogs to Arizona. It, it, it it sounds next to near impossible, but um, when I share that story, because I actually am writing it because our house anniversary is coming up in a couple of weeks. So it's just, yeah. So it's just crazy. And I've been reflecting a lot on it and um, it's an amazing story and yeah. And I mean, I don't want to take up all the time in this, but God really moved so many things. And we basically moved in a three-month time span. We decided, and three months later, we were in Arizona. Wow. Um, yeah. I have to. I have to say, I um, I have a lot. I have a lot of what I call mom friends. And, and for whatever reason, like, cause when I was at, back in California, I currently live in, in Virginia now, whole other story about that for another time. But back in California, I had a lot of uh, mom friends that I made in my church groups and stuff. And yeah. I have always had this admiration for anyone that's a mom. Cause I have a dog, you know, but it's nothing compared to being a mom. You know, I, I can only imagine. And just, you know, just to hear um, like everything that you all did. And, you know, we, like I said, we recently road tripped. Um, we actually wrote a year ago, we road tripped from California to Virginia to start a new life. Um, and it was a lot of work to do it, but you know, you having five kids and two dogs, and now you're going to have your house, house versary, house anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it just, it just shows that anything is possible, you know, given any circumstances. Uh, and I just, I just want to, you know, um, 
highlight that and say how much I admire that. And I, I can only imagine like the the challenges that came along the way, but it sounds like you did it and you're settled and and this is your new life now. It is. I mean, I um as a transplant, it was I think the hardest part is that in the Filipino community, we really do rely heavily on family. And the hardest part about leaving the Bay was to not have the convenience of having family close by. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of that, when we do get together, it means so much more. So um, I think sometimes when we are close to family, we take it for granted. And then now that my sisters, we all live, we don't all live in the same city. I have a sister that lives in San Diego. I have a sister that lives in Campbell in California. And um, we're all spread out. But when we're together, we love it. Like our kids all love it. We all have kids. We all have families. Um, my mom and my dad love it when we're home. So, you know, I think it, we cherish each other more because mm-hmm. we don't live together. Um, and I think sometimes we forget that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, I think I think that's really awesome. Um, I, I'd love to dive into what your typical day looks like now. <laughs> and, um, you know, you've mentioned that your favorite thing is restorative yoga. And also prior to this call, we were talking about how you're in the early stages of launching your blog. So I'd love I'd love to hear um, more about that. And, and sorry, before we get into that, I I think um, I think that's one thing that moving uh, shows us because I, I had like I mentioned I uprooted my life about a year ago I lived in San Diego for 20 years and um, I was already fairly close to my family but I got a lot closer because I got a lot farther <laughs> and so I just I love to hear that you know even though you're this transplant and you you know you feel you're like the minority in your neighborhood um, you you don't let that um, entirely affect you because you know where your roots are and also you've already established this community uh, at your local church and I, I think that's really awesome because you know even it went for myself and I moved out here um, it was hard. Like I didn't have anyone other than my husband and my dog. And so I think it's, it's beautiful that, you know, I think that's the the beauty of having family or at least your immediate family is that you weren't moving by, by yourself. You're moving with this big, you know, your big family of five kids and two dogs and your husband. Oh, yeah. so. <laughs> and all of our things, Jen, all of our things, we, <laughs> we probably should have still downsized probably like 30% of the things that we brought. We really donated so many things. I mean, I think that the, the one advantage I think about building a community around you when you don't live near a family is that you get to choose who you spend time with. And I think you're more intentional about your time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've learned living here is that I'm very, I'm much more intentional with my time because I know that in order to survive here, and this is what my therapist told me, okay, so it's mm-hmm. not like I have this all-knowing thing, mm-hmm. but my therapist had told me I must be a different person than I was in the Bay Area. I cannot be closed off, and I cannot um, not be personable, and I have to build my own community, and I have to have a full life in order for me to be able to survive here, mm-hmm. and that's because of my mental health and for my depression, because I tend to just sit in my room and hide. Like, mm. to be honest, like that's something that I do. I have social anxiety, major social anxiety. Um, 
So I had to learn how to be able to be okay with feeling uncomfortable, if that yeah. makes sense. Because I'm 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 going to be in a new situations all the time, so I have to learn how to be okay in that uncomfortableness and to move through it and be okay. And so yeah. living here, I've learned how to do that. I mean, my typical day, Jen, is not very glamorous. I'm usually <laughs> just in, um, you know, typical mom in like yoga pants and some type of stained shirt. Um, that's the life though. That's the life. It's the life. And, but sometimes, you know, you just want to feel pretty, but I don't have time in the mornings. Um, right now the kids are in summer, so we kind of wake up later and they stay up really, really late. So I usually don't have teens up until at least noon. I do have my youngest, um, he's three, so he gets up early and he is very vocal and he'll tell me that he's hungry. So I usually just feed him. Um, I also, on top of being a mom, I work remotely for a software consultant company that is based in the Bay Area, which is really mm-hmm. ironic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm doing that part time too. Um, you know, it's most of my day is always driving somebody somewhere. Somebody needs to always go somewhere. Somebody else always needs me to get anything and everything or. Um, mom, can you please go pick this up for me? Or my husband is, can you please go pick this up for me? So I'm usually just, you know, running around all day doing stuff for, for everybody. I do try to make myself a priority and I've been working out at least twice a week. Um, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite, like I said, like we had, I'd shared is the restorative yoga. Um, yoga has taught me to be more present, um, and to accept where my body and my mental state is at today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the great things about yoga, about that practice, is the fact that you must accept what your body is telling you right now, and you must accept what your mental state is right now, and just go with it. And that's the biggest thing I've learned from yoga, and I've learned just how to be like present, because I'm a mom, and I think of 20 million things all day long. And, yeah. you know, and I want to make sure my kids are okay and they're healthy and, you know, they have a relationship with Christ. Like I, I think about 20 million things all the time. And sometimes I have to quiet my mind and be present and, and enjoy them because my oldest is going to be a senior this fall, which oh, is boy. insane <laughs> to think about. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I just want to relish in all of these memories with them because they're soon going to leave me. Even if I have five kids, they're all really big. They're all good. I have three in high school this fall and one in middle school. And then my youngest will be in preschool, which is nuts. I know. Life is too fast. All right. Jen Amos here, jumping into the middle of our show, as I always do, to remind you why this show is possible. So, you know, at the end of every episode, I tend to say, if you didn't catch our guest contact info, don't worry. We'll have those in the show notes. Check them out. I worked so hard on them. You're welcome. Well, it's been brought to my attention that our show notes are not as easy to find as I thought, which is why starting summer 2020, the Filipino American Woman Project is proud to be partnering with Captivate, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host. Captivate is created for independent podcasters, 
designed from day one to help you to focus on audience growth and the expansion of your audio influence. One way that Captivate makes our lives easier as independent podcasters is by taking the guesswork out of making a website for your show. That's right, a website for your show. So listeners, starting summer 2020, finding our show notes will be so much easier. All thanks to Captivate. You're welcome, as always. If you're about to start podcasting or are getting burnt out from all the extra work of producing one, like building a website, consider a seven-day free trial, that's right, free, with Captivate by visiting thephilamwoman.com. That's the Philam, short for Filipino-American, woman.com. Or, you know, check out our show notes in the meantime, which is in the details section of each episode. Once again, you can visit thephilamwoman.com or visit the details section of this episode. Man, that's that's amazing. So I, you know, I I feel like I have to ask this because you know you mentioned a lot of a lot of your life is obviously revolves around like your kids and you're a stay at home mom, and I'd like to assume that you wouldn't be doing it unless you loved it, <laughs> unless you loved being a mom. And so I think my question for you would be, what what do you love most about being a mom of five, and and really just you know, um, like handling the household? You know, um, I feel like I've always had a calling to be a mom. It sounds really corny, but I feel <laughs> like I've had, I've had that calling forever. Um, I've always wanted to be home with my kids. It, you know, my, um, my husband and I talked about it when I got pregnant with my oldest that, you know, what would be the best way for us to do this? Because we were young. I think mm. we had, we had her when we were 21, mm-hmm. um, we call it, we took the scenic route and <laughs> so we had her at 21 and then, um, you know, we did struggle for a really long time, which we tell the kids quite often. Um, you and, remind them like, Hey, remember we oh, struggled for you. Don't forget that. We struggle for a lot, you know, Filipino, mo- Filipino parents always do that. You better, you have to remember, like, this is what we did, mm-hmm. but, um, and I, I really just wanted to be there for my kids in a way that um, I was more present, whether or not they knew, um, I knew what I was able to do for them and help them. And I don't know, my, my parents um, worked really hard and they worked mm-hmm. a lot. And um, sometimes they were not able to come to performances, you know, you're in elementary school and all of those things. And um, I remember I promised myself when I was little that I would be more present for my kids. So mm-hmm. that was my goal. Um, I did not, my goal was not to have five kids, but <laughs> God has decided for me that this is what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but I'm very, very, very blessed. I have really great kids. Um, I'm very blessed with a really good husband. You know, we've been together for 20 years, married for 17. I think wow. at the end of the I know it's crazy. We really grew up together. Um, not perfect, not you know, like yeah. any marriage. Totally. But um, I feel like my husband and I have grown up together, and we've evolved into you know pretty decent individuals. Who even if we had kids early, we didn't allow that to be a defining moment in our lives. Like we were able to keep moving forward and providing for our family the best way that we could. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I think that's, 
That's awesome. And I, I love, I love hearing that you felt like it was your calling to be a mom. I feel like, I feel like nowadays in the, you know, the, the feminist cultural landscape, like a lot of women don't want to be mothers. And so I think it's awesome that you're, you say like, I felt called and, and that's it. And I became a mom. I mean, I didn't know I was going to be a mom of five, but here I am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it is how it is, you know, and, and while there were obstacles, I mean, I love, I don't know. I, every time I go and try to work, I always have this, it's not mom guilt. It really is just like a pull back home. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I, think I really just need to be home. So yeah. yeah. And I'm, and I'm okay with that. I think other people sometimes aren't okay with that, but I'm okay with it. I, yeah, I like yeah. being here for them. Yeah, definitely. This isn't about them. This is about you and what you're meant to do and what your calling is and your purpose is. And, and that's enough. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd love to get to uh, the life lesson that we want to share because, you know, part of the Filipino American project, the, the, long, the long-term goal is to publish a book where it has a collection of stories and life lessons told by Filipino American women. So we made it to the best part of the interview. Oh my God. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. And, um, and so you had mentioned uh, prior to this call, uh, there's two things that you pointed out that I, or you, that you mentioned that I, I'd love to talk about. And first of all, the, the reoccurring thing, theme you brought up throughout this entire interview and even prior to getting started is your relationship with Christ. And so you're saying that, you know, the one life lesson you've learned is to keep Christ as the center of your life. And I'd love to hear uh, why and uh, maybe maybe a defining story that led you to, you know, do do that and put Christ in the center of your life. Right. Um, sure. I, you know, I grew up Roman Catholic, Filipino Roman Catholic, going to church every Sunday. Um, never really understanding what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in my early 20s, when I had my oldest, I really wanted to turn my life around because I was not necessarily the best teen ever. Um, I, I snuck out of school. I cut school. I did a whole a whole lot of things that I don't know how my parents loved me through it. And to this day, I still have no idea. Because my kids aren't like that. And I think it's just, I'm already having a hard time just with just regular teens that just kind of have regular teen stuff that mm-hmm. thinking about myself as a teen, I treated my parents horribly. So I wanted to build a foundation for my family that was bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. So um, I became a Christ follower, I think probably right before we got married. Um, and the defining moment in our, in my life, and I would say just like in my husband's life and just generally in our, just for our family was, um, and I asked my husband if I can share this because it's something important, um, is that my husband's a recovering addict. Um, Mm. so if you were to meet him, that's not something you would think. I think people always say that to me, um, because he's the sweetest guy. He's very sweet. (laughs) he's a really nice guy and that's one of the things I love about him the most he's just really nice mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm not really nice but he's a really nice guy and um you know he just made some choices and we, our family was growing and I had to make a decision and I we actually separated for a short 
period of time because I needed him to make a decision on what was a priority for his life. Mm-hmm. So we started to do, you know, 12 step, uh, Christ center counseling and that one decision to have it be Christ centered, um, recovery and 12 step and just counseling in general, I think that saved our marriage and that saved our lives. Wow. Just because of the fact that, um, we looked at things larger than ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just about me and it's not just about him. It's not just about the kids. It's about what God has called for us. And um, I can honestly say, and I know my husband says it all the time too, when people ask us about what is the secret to being married for 17 years. And and we always say the same thing, have Christ be the center of your life um, and everything else will follow. And I know that probably everybody hears that in church all the time, but I, I really am a living testament to that um, because my fear at 25 was that I was going to be divorced with like three kids. Because, oh my. Yeah. Yeah, because I really didn't think that it was going to work, but in but because we really dug in to who we were as individuals um in our walk with Christ and then together as a couple, I think that has helped our family tremendously. Yeah. I that's amazing. It's it's always good to um you know, there's a lot of uh I guess you can say non-believers out there and Sometimes I think the best way to overcome that, overcome non-believers or what have you is just telling your story. It's like, hey, I don't know if this is going to work for you or not, but you know, this is what has happened to me because I decided to put Christ in the center of my life. And I love how that's not just a mantra for you, but that's for you and your husband. And you know, I think um, I, I think that's that's part that's really part of your success is it's not about just you and your husband you know, um, taking care of the family. It's having Christ in the center of all of that. And I think that's really beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we, <laughs> we try, you know, it, it's not perfect, but, um, you know, I, I, I feel, I feel the Holy Spirit lead me every day. Like I, I have so many stories in the last month where it's not something I necessarily wanted to do, but I listened anyway. And, conversations or meetings with random people, you you know, you leave it, you leave that encounter and you're like, thanks God. Like that, that was cool because if I didn't listen, I would have missed it. So Mm -hmm. learning to be obedient is like something that I will forever have to learn, but I'm getting better at it. Yeah. And and it's never going to be perfect. And I think that's, that's um, the one thing, like, that's why, I feel like I have this um, unconditional love and trust for God because he shows like he constantly forgives me. And that's the whole idea. We're not we're not perfect followers. Right. We have to um, we just have to keep getting back up and um, asking for forgiveness and just moving forward and realize like, yeah, like I'm imperfect, but I'm I'm a display of, of God's love. Like he doesn't need me to be perfect for him to love me and to use me. You know, so yes, <laughs> all <Absolutely>. yes. <laughs> well, I um, I I I would love to have another conversation sometime in the future. Uh, I don't know, maybe three to six months from now, to actually dive into mental health because I know that you're a mental health advocate, and I'm very curious to learn more about that and discuss that more with you. Um, unfortunately, we do have to wrap up, so I want to put that I want to put that out there as a teaser 
for everyone that's listening to the show um, who uh, possibly struggles with mental health. Um, just just a little little thing about me. I had just a week or two ago, I my doctor um, had diagnosed me with mild depression. And mm. I think I'm still in denial of it. I uh, It took me almost a, a week and a half to pick up my meds and I still haven't picked them up. Um, and so I think, I think, um, I think mental health is, is, um, uh, it's, it's a, it's a stigma in the Filipino uh, community. Um, mm -hmm. it's not considered a, a problem, I think for a lot of, especially first generation Filipinos and immigrant parents. And, um, and so I think that'll be a fun, uh, not fun, but it'll be a good conversation to have, um, for another time. And, and I appreciate you kind of, you know, mentioning that before we started, cause it, it, makes me want to talk to you again. <laughs> no, 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 Jen, we can talk whenever. And, and as a, as, um, a Filipina who has depression and anxiety, and it's taken me a long time to even be okay with saying that, mm -hmm. um, taking the first steps to help yourself is very important. So I applaud you for even just doing that. And I applaud you for picking up, you know, for just taking those steps and, while it's hard to accept, um, you will feel okay once you start doing things like take your meds and other self-care things that, you know, work for you. So I'm here, you know, if you ever need um, somebody to talk to you about that, you know, we can talk offline or whatever you want or yeah. you know, text me. I really don't care. You. It, you know, I'm very open when it comes to helping people in our community because of the fact of, there's such a huge fear and, yes. and, you know, shame and guilt and all of those things. And I just, um, I want you to know it's okay and you will be okay. Well, thank you, Marianne. I really appreciate that. Oh, and that's my dog. Marianne, it's been such a pleasure having this conversation with you. I love how vibrant you are and how transparent you are with your life and how um, I'm sure like you did mention that you have social anxiety and stuff. And I just want to thank you for if, if this was you stepping out of your comfort zone to share your story today, I want to thank you for doing that. Um, and I feel connected with you and I'm, I'm looking forward to possibly future shows together. <laughs> All right. So everyone, if you are interested in learning more about Marianne Clark, you can find her on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Filipino Mom. She also has a blog, which I'm excited to follow and see it grow and progress. You can uh, visit her blog at MarianneTheFilipinoMom.blog. All righty. So um, we're about to wrap up. I want to thank you again, Marianne, for taking the time to share your story. I uh, just wanted to see if you had any any closing thoughts or anything you want to say to uh, listeners, uh, future listeners, anyone that's going to listen to this now or later. Oh, gosh. Um, no uh, pressure. I mean, <laughs> no pressure, because it's going to be recorded forever. Um, <laughs> Um, I mean, first and foremost, I want to thank you for just starting this project. I think that that, that takes incredible just vulnerability and strength to do. It's not easy to start anything new. So um, I applaud you for doing this. I would just say to all of the Filipino community and just um, anybody who's struggling with mental health to that it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be sad. Um, it's, you're, and it's okay to struggle, but you're not allowed to live there. 
Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to live in that sad little space. You know, God wants you to thrive and serve him in a way that um, you can never imagine. And I think that, you know, using your platform and just, you know, with the blog, I really believe that we're able to serve others and, um, you know, do things that make you scared. That's what I've learned this year. This year is about doing a whole lot of things scared and it's okay to be scared. Yeah, It's so... I've, I I do a lot of things scared now. And even if that means I'm terrified, it's okay. Um, but you know, it's, it, it's going to be okay for those of, for those people who are struggling and, you know, ask for help and know that you asking for help allows you to heal yourself as well as anybody around you, your community around you, you healing yourself really does heal the community around you. So oh, I love that. That's a good PSA for, <laughs> for yeah. I've heard that a lot and I, I really do believe it because the tools that I've learned, I've taught to my kids who then have taught to their friends and mm. I've taught, you know, tools that you learn in therapy or group therapy. Um, I've taught to my sisters and they've taught them to their, you know, and, and through everything that I've experienced, it, it helps the community heal mm-hmm. because you don't know any better, you know, um, destigmatizing or not talking about your feelings doesn't help you. We, we really need to talk about our feelings and it, it is okay to be sad or, you know, anything like that. All right. This wraps up Marianne Clark's story. Thank you so much, Marianne, for sharing your story and your life lessons and giving all of us just encouraging words I'm super grateful for you. Now, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we had an amazing conversation that we actually continued it afterward. So I'm going to be playing that next part after the outro music. So stick around and you get a bonus episode or bonus discussion of 15 minutes talking about uh, more discussions on mental health and uh, social media and other other fun topics. (laughs) Here we go. And there you have it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe if you'd like to hear more stories and life lessons told by the Filipino-American woman. If you're interested in sharing your story, please contact us at thefilipinoamericanwoman at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at thefilipinoamericanwoman. Until next time. share like part of why I ended up uh, talking to my doctor is because I got to a place where um, I feel like I just said I got to a place but I got to a place where um, I I did enough self-diagnosing and I did Mm -hmm. enough of like figuring it out myself and trying Mm -hmm. to talk to friends and read books and exercise and and do all these things and yet it's it it still felt like something was missing and um really this year i feel like i've you know other than than depending on my husband which is a, a whole story in itself but um 
this year I've really uh, started to take advantage of professional help. Like I, um, I just wrapped up uh, physical therapy and for years I had, I had this hip problem and it's so, it's so crazy because you, you think you can do it all until like you have a, you can trust a professional to actually, you know, take care of you and, and see what's actually wrong that you're not seeing. And, and that's kind of like my, my baby steps to, you know, um, being okay with asking for professional help because even if I can figure it out on my own, it there's it it makes a difference. Uh, at least I'm beginning to find it's making a difference that when other people can hear you talk, but not not friends, you know, not friends, not your loved ones, because they're all biased in their own way. But to hear an unbiased professional hear you talk um, and 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 listen to your problems, like it's 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 a whole different experience. I'm coming to find, and I I'm I'm very open to it. I'm very open to like getting examined, you know. And and so it was pretty interesting when my doctor said that I had mild depression because I was like, well, I feel like I've always known that I had it, but you're like. Like the first professional to tell me that I have it. And so there's something, there's something reassuring about that. And so I'm sure in, in future episodes, I'll, I'll share, I'll share a little bit about like my journey and exploring this, like for the first time in my life, I've been told by a professional that I have this. And I'm just more curious to see what the, yeah, the journey will look like and, and, and what, what I will learn about myself um, along the way. And, and hopefully you know, be an example to other people that may kind of be in denial themselves, like kind of where I'm at right now with like, do I really need those pills? I don't know. Maybe I can do a, an alternative, healthier way. I don't know. So anyway, I just, I, I want to thank you for, um, you know, bringing light to that. And I, I think it's very, um, I feel like we're having like a whole different podcast episode right now. I love it. But I, uh, I, I want to thank you for uh, really really pressing that because uh, I, I do believe that I do think that a lot of us a lot of Filipino uh, Filipinas uh, tend to minimize their feelings and what they're going through um, and even when they do bring it up they kind of we kind of brush it away very quickly and so I I just I love that you are taking time to you know to address it and say it's okay because um, you know I can talk about it but it's it's just it's nice to have someone else be like yeah it is okay and we're gonna talk about this because it matters so thank you you're welcome I mean I you know it's it's hard um I the first day I took my very first antidepressant um I literally waited for my husband to come home from work and I sat in front of him and I took that pill, not mm -hmm. and because I was terrified because I didn't know what it was going to do to me. And, um, like they do say for SSRIs, it does take a little bit of time for them to start to work, but how I look at medication now is let's just say you're in a hole. And I had a friend, I had a family friend tell me this, mm -hmm. let's just say you're in a hole and you're not able to get out of the hole. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the, one of the ways to get out of the hole is to have like a step ladder, right? Mm -hmm. So, or like a step stool or a stool of any kind. So view meds as just a way to help you get out mm -hmm. of, the little hole that you're in. And once I, she told me that I was like, Oh, because I viewed medication as, um, weakness. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I, you know, and so once I started taking my meds, I'll tell you, Jen, like I felt more like myself. Um, and it was just, I felt 
more like not in a fog because a lot mm-hmm. of times I was in a fog or I was just didn't feel like myself. Like yeah. I, I had, I was like Eeyore and I had like this cloud and I couldn't figure out why. So, and I still do struggle. I, I still do struggle every day, but um, I make, I make a conscious choice to do things that are hard that challenge my mental health so that I can move forward and not just sit. I'm, I'm not a very complacent person. I don't like being complacent. <laughs> yeah. I moved yeah. to Arizona, but um, I, I don't like being complacent. I like improving. I hate, I hate being stagnant. Uh, my husband and I are both the same. I, we both hate being stagnant. So mm-hmm. we both try to improve and do things as best as we can and or improve, you know, our lives in a way that um, we can, you know, just it's more authentic. And I, I, cause I'm really, I feel like social media sometimes is just so curated that everything looks perfect. And I really, it's not true. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's just not true. Like I, and that's a whole conversation that I can talk about, especially with teenagers. Social media is not real folks. Please, please never compare yourself to people on social media, even to me. You know, I, 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 yeah. I feel like, um, I think what, what people are in general, what we need to do is look at something like, look at anything that's kind of just in front of us as the tip of the iceberg. Um, you know, I, it's funny because like, so I was kind of driving, I was driving around doing errands before I spoke with you and I was listening to, I was listening to, I was catching up with my game of Thrones podcast and I'm not going to spoil anything, but you know, a lot of people had mixed feelings about the ending of it. And, um, and I'm just thinking like, you know, people don't realize that let's say one episode, it, even though you watched it in an hour or like 80 minutes, it took them two, three months just to produce that episode. And I, and I, and what I'm trying to say is that, you know, anything that's on your screen, it, it's, it, it, do, it didn't just pop up there, you know, whatever social media post, whatever video is put out there, it, it doesn't just appear there. Like there had to be some kind of thought process uh, to put it out there, even especially selfies, right? Like people are like, okay, I got to, I got to think about, I got to think about how to make the perfect selfie, how to get my angles right. And you only get to see that for a second when you're going through a feed, but there was a lot of thought that was put into that. And so I feel like, um, I feel like when we look at things to not just, you know, uh, judge it by its cover, but to understand that there's, there's, there was a lot of things that went behind that, you know, for, for you to just see it in that one second, you know, and, and I think, um, it, it's something to contemplate about and, uh, and, and think about and be, you know, just be more, um, just be aware of so that, so that just like you said, you're not just going through someone's feed and you're comparing your life to them. And it's like, those are only highlights, you know, like that, that's not, that's not, you know, if we followed anyone around with a camera, you know, for an entire week, like 90%, maybe 99% of the time, it's really boring. <laughs> it's like, why am I watching oh, yeah. this for sleep? Why am so I watching boring. this Yes. People are like, yeah. I don't know. I just, you know, my, my life is my life is very repetitive and tedious. And that's what I tell people a lot. I do have I, I do love being with my kids, but a lot of days I tell my husband, this is so like tedious and repetitive that sometimes it's annoying. And it's just how life is, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I can take one quick picture of me smiling with my son and you assume that he's super well behaved and not a crazy 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 kid and no he's a really crazy kid 
<laughs> yeah, it's like that one moment. It was, it seemed perfect, but behind the scenes, it took forever for him to even just oh, sit no. next to you and listen to you yeah. and want to take a picture with you. Yes. Oh, I have to bribe him with so many things in order for me to just have him sit. He's a boy. He's a 100% boy. You know, I have four girls and I'm having a boys. Um, I feel like I'm raising an alien because I don't oh even understand. I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't have the same body parts as he does. Like, I don't understand. Um, I just recently potty trained him. That was very stressful because I don't <laughs> understand what to do with those parts. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. No. At least you. At least you have your husband because he can provide that perspective. I mean, I when know. he's <laughs> but like you know, I don't know. It's, it's boy parts are very. I, I don't understand. Like. I don't, I don't. And it's just funny because he just thinks, you know, my son just thinks differently. He, he's a climber. Mm-hmm. So he likes to stand on everything. Um, he has a very, very vivid imagination. So he can go from playing something to jumping off a coffee table or a chair. And, you know, he's a superhero or he's spider right now. He's Spider-Man. He's literally jumping. I can see him. He's jumping up and down and he's Spider-Man. <laughs> I love so, it. you know, but yeah, I would, you know, I, I'm, I'm so thankful for you and, and just doing this and, you know, giving me this opportunity. Cause I really do. Um, I, I feel like we, we need to help our community out a little bit. Yeah. That's how I feel about like, just in general. Yeah. I think, um, you know, part of the purpose of this started was because when I wanted to look up stuff about the Filipino American woman in particular, um, it, it there's not as much information out there about us. And so all we're trying to do is normalize, like sharing our stories and saying, yeah, we're here, we're American, we live here. Um, we may be dark skinned, but you know, we do live this American lifestyle with a mix of, you know, our cultural background. And I think, and that's, that's all we're just trying to do is, is, having that conversation. And um, even if we're scared to do it, we need to do it for other people who, um, who are just as scared. And when they see that, oh, they can just have a casual conversation, no big deal. I can do that too. I can talk about my issues as well. And so, you know, hopefully, hopefully this, uh, our conversation today has touched one of our listeners. And I want to invite everyone that's listening um, to, if, if you're, if, if this episode resonated with you, um, you can actually visit our show notes and there's a way to leave a voice message. And so if you have anything you want to say or anything you want to add, you can just drop a voice message for us. And who knows, if, if we have enough messages, we can bring on Marianne again uh, to continue the conversation. What do you think about that, Marianne? I, I, I would love that. I'd be, I'd be honored to, um, you know, serve other people who in our community or outside of our community that just, you know, just needs that extra support. I, I believe in building community. It's the, I think it's the only way we're able just to heal ourselves and just heal everybody else around us. Yes, absolutely. Well, I, I think this pretty much wraps our interview today, Marianne. Um, I, I love how we kind of had this two-part episode, just talking about your story and then getting into mental health and then talking about your son <laughs> and his different body parts. 
Um, but yeah, I want to thank you so much. And, you know, for everyone that's listening, I want to invite all of you to be part of the conversation. Please leave us a voice message or shoot us an email or hit us up on Instagram. We're pretty active on, I'm pretty active on there. Um, I see all of you and I, I thank you all for, uh, you know, really, really, um, being part of this new and growing community. Um, okay. Final, final words, Marianne, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Oh gosh. Final words. <laughs> you get a second chance. <laughs> oh my God. Um, uh, I, I would say the biggest thing I've learned this year for myself is to do it scared. Mm. So if there's something that, that God is calling for you to do, and he's been telling you for a really long time to do it, and you're terrified, do it terrified because you don't know what's on the other side of that. That's my biggest takeaway from this year, even if it's mid-year. But that's my biggest lesson this year is to do it scared. And I do a lot of things scared now. So um, I I encourage everybody just to step out of their comfort zone and do it. Just do it. It'll be okay. And if it's not, it's okay. Like, it's not the end of the world and we learn and grow. So just do it scared. Awesome. Well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this call, but thank you so much, Marianne. I, I appreciate your time and I can't wait to have another conversation with you. Absolutely. Anytime, Jen, I'm, I'm so honored that you want to like do this again. Cause I was just like, <laughs> okay, cool. I'll do this again, and then this will be good. Um, but yeah, if, you know, if you would like to have me on, I, I would be honored to like help in any way I, you know, in any way I can. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, take care now and, um, we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you.